Jeremiah 31 verse 3 tells me that I am loved by God with an everlasting love. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 5 tells me I am a child of the light. Colossians 3.12 says I am chosen by God, holy and dearly loved. John 1.12 tells me that I am a child of God. Colossians 2.7 says that I am firmly rooted and built up in Christ. Ephesians 2.10 says I am God's workmanship. Colossians 1.13 tells me that I have been rescued from Satan's domain and I have been transferred into the kingdom of Christ. Philippians 1.6 I am confident that the good work that God has begun in me will be perfected. John 15 4 tells me that I am chosen by Christ to bear fruit. Romans 8 35 tells me that I cannot be separated from the love of God. Ephesians 2 18 tells me that I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 2 5 I am one of God's living stones being built up in Christ as a spiritual house. Romans 8, 31. I am free from any condemning charges against me. Philippians 4, 19. My needs are met by God. Ephesians 3, 12. I may approach God with boldness, freedom, and confidence. Colossians 1, 14. I am completely forgiven. Colossians 2, 10. I have been made complete in Christ. Philippians 3.20 I am a citizen of heaven. Like Olivia. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get started here with big magic. And <clears throat> does anybody know anything about Elizabeth Gilbert? I'll tell you a little bit about her. Ah! Kim can say. <laughs> yeah, and then she just wrote another book that I just finished. It's very, such a deviance. The Signature of All Things? That one? Or no. no. Which the one? one about the women in New York. Oh. Um, I for, now I'm forgetting the title. Have you read it? <laughs> so she basically wrote a book. You know, she got divorced and ended up marrying her best friend who was a woman. Like, mm -hmm. during this whole thing. It's kind of an interesting, like, self-discovery. And then she wrote this book about... Um, a young woman who goes to live like with her aunt in this whole theater and how like just about how not to be afraid of your sexual what's I'm trying to remember what it's called I'll remember in a minute but it's quite it's such a difference of a book yes but it's good and the Written evolution well. of Elizabeth yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you have it so, there you have it um so <laughs> yes she also she kind of is made famous through Eat Pray Love so if any of you have read Eat Pray Love or seen the movie or anything like that she's gotten famous there and if you don't mind I have my note cards so I'll tell you a little bit about her and you can take notes if you oh Kim here you go if you want oh, I don't know where it is but anyway. here I, yep. I have to have my notebook because I lose <clears throat> She's a number one New York, New York Times best-selling author of Big Magic, Eat, Pray, Love, several other internationally, the, the signature of all things, all this now new book from Lady in New York. Um, she digs deep into her generative, generative process to share her wisdom and unique 
perspective on creativity. So that's kind of like, or that is what this book is about. So I'll try to stick to mostly what this book is saying and her perspective. Of course, I'll share you, share with you a little bit, a snippet of my creative journey, but also um, kind of the way that I, that's a good thing about a, a neat thing about a book review is I'm reviewing hers and I have a little bit of an aspect of myself, but um, I love her book and she uses profound empathy and radiant generosity to, to offer potent insights into the mysteries of nature and inspiration. I do better without the cards, but anyway, when I do try to read a quote or two, um, so she has six parts, and I'll tell you the first part is on courage, so we'll get to all the different parts, but for the next several minutes, I'll talk about courage, and she sort of invites us to think about big magic as either, she calls it big magic, I tend to think of it as a God wink or as evidence. Usually when I'm speaking to someone, I usually say, oh, I'm looking for evidence, or I'm looking for a sign, I'm looking for a God wink. She calls it big magic. She says that this journey is, um, this journey into your creative self, because God plants in us jewels and big things that are to be discovered. And so that hunt, that scavenger hunt to your jewels inside of you, um, this hunt to open your gifts, is called big magic is her journey and so if I say big magic or if I say God wink you'll see that those are kind of I'm using those interchangeably and um, basically she says that you have to have the courage to bring forth the treasures hidden with within you it's time to open your gifts and I love that because do any of you have a friend I do I have a friend who didn't even open up her wedding gifts for the first year I mean she doesn't like opening gifts she doesn't what she wants to savor it almost to a fault because then her parents I mean her kids it drives them nuts. They're like, mom, open your gifts. Like we gave you that gift a week ago. And she's like, I just don't want to open it yet. So are you doing that with any of your gifts? Like I'm not ready yet. I'm scared or I'm scared of being found out. And we'll get to all of that later, but finding that courage to go on the hunt and search for your gifts. What are those gifts? And to be confident and bold that God put those gifts in you for a reason. And if you break it down, desire, D of Sire, the Father, of the Father. Desires in your heart are planted there from the Father, of the Father. They're there to glorify Him. We want to go out and find these gifts, these jewels. Go in there, dig deep into your heart, and you're worth it. She also talks about um, letting curiosity drive you instead of fear. So basically, you want to be motivated by the fear, I mean, the hope for gain rather than the fear of loss. So this curiosity is, she even wrote a book that was, totally, it kind of led to a book. It was like this three, four year journey for her. She was just sort of like, what am I going to do next? And she was really curious about planting, like maybe a little bit of garden, she, a tiny garden. <laughs> and um, she has this little garden in her New York, New York house. And all of a sudden she started just becoming obsessed with gardening, kind of like Kelly with her beans. I mean, be bees, <laughs> beans, beans. <laughs> green bean yeah. garden. I meant to say bees. <laughs> and um, anyway, so it's neat because we all have certain different curiosity. Like where did that even come from? I'm not curious at all about bees, but Kelly is, or gardening like Aunt Kathy is. I mean, it's so interesting because we all have such interesting curious things and you never know where they're going to lead and she ended up doing a three-year book on botany uh, from like the 1500s or something I mean it was just crazy because you just never know what your next big aha moment is going to be from some little curiosity so she says to follow it from curiosity to curiosity and see where the scavenger <laughs> hunt takes you just make it to the next little bit of curiosity um 
some people really love, I mean, whatever it is, find that something that's sort of like part of my journey is I really love a good creative outlet for me, Elizabeth knows for all this time, is baking. I love baking and I sort of got obsessed with baking and I was, I could not figure out how to make cake balls. And I thought, I love those cake balls over at Tony Rivard's Baked, uh, back when it was a creme de la cookie when I used to be with Marilyn over there. We would go over there from Larry North and we'd go and get cake balls. Okay, I was like, y'all, I'm paying $3 for this, but also it's so good and what if I want some for the weekend? Like, I can make this whole thing, a whole batch for $12 or something. And But how? And I kept trying and trying. Y'all, the first several were just terrible. I mean, you don't make a good cake ball at first. I've watched YouTube and uh, YouTube and I've read all these recipes and I'm trying and I bought a food process processor and I'm like, I mean, how many did I have to just dump away? And they started off and they were like big gonking. Like they were, and <laughs> I had to get the feedback. You know, people were like, those are a little bit too big. You know, you They're can't eat. Bowling, yeah. bowling balls. <laughs> right. Bowling balls. <laughs> You need more of like just a bite size. I mean, this is all good feedback for me. It was like curiosity to curiosity. Even having the courage of saying, here's a cake ball. Do you like it? What do you think? Because that's curious too. You're, you're not, it's not curiosity with judgment. She didn't say, I don't like you. You're terrible. She said, I would like it more in one bite. That's great feedback for me to get better at um, cake balls. M my husband is now a fireman and it's fun because he is now cooking all the time for guys and he has to be very creative with they might all put in $12 for the day so he has 16 guys times 12 so it might be 120 bucks or 140 bucks to then go and feed three meals big honking guys breakfast lunch and dinner and it can't be sandwiches and it can't be like it, can't, it has to actually be a real like he has to make a taco salad or a meatloaf for lunch and then a, an actual real dinner and a dessert so he had to be very creative it's fun because you get these challenges, so we've had a lot of fun. We always call it experiments. So we make all these experiments here, cooking and baking, and um, that has kind of turned into art and other things like that. I'm really interested in, in you know, doing art now, and it's been fun for me because it's a great creative outlet with all of my fitness and my mind and my body and the detoxing and the whatever because the more that I've cleansed from my journey too, I was doing... Elizabeth and I were talking about this, cleansing um, my liver and the more I've cleaned out some of my body and detoxed some of the anger and the um, resentment from just anything from life. You know how sometimes you just have a tumultuous time or whatever it is, you detox a lot of that and you can become a lot more creative. So I found that my creativity has actually increased a lot too and that's been fun for me to see from a health point of view. I just wanted to be sure I shared that that was so interesting because I was like, I wonder what's going to come up for me um, as I continue on this curiosity journey. So may we be brave in going after our curiosity from curiosity to curiosity and be motivated by the hope for gain and not the fear of loss. What makes you happy, she says, and what makes you scared? So one of her, she has like these six parts and then they break, she breaks them up into many parts or chapters and one of them is called Scary, Scary, Scary. <laughs> and it's just like, what is so scary to you? And she names a lot of things. I'm scared of being found out. I'm scared of failure. I'm scared of success. I'm scared that I'll fall. I'm scared that I'll look like a fool. I'm scared that uh, my husband will leave me because I might get so busy with this creative journey. Or I'm scared that, it, you know, the list goes on. We all have that something, and it's important that we really, really, excuse me, that we really. <laughs> 
dig deep into ourselves. It's so funny that we analyze most of the people that we're around, overanalyze them, pick them apart. We know every reason why they're doing that because their dad did this and their mom did that and their sister treats them like this and they went through a breakup then and it created this. And we haven't even thought about ourselves yet. We're not even, or much less these days on Instagram, how much we know, and Facebook, we know so much about everyone around us, like, and these celebs. It's like, we know everything, and I'm not judging that, but especially right now, like, think of the few celebrities that are really hot in the, and why they're doing what they're doing, and their family dynamics, and what's going on, and why they're making the choices they are making, and what about their family, and what about their kids, and what, and it's just like, whoa, what about me? What's driving me? Why am I acting the way I'm acting? Why am I feeling scared? Why am I feeling rejected? What's going on with me sitting back and instead of just rolling through life, kind of like fight after fight or you know how you get in those arguments and you're like, why did I even get so upset just now? Why did that person on the car, I mean, it can be simple stuff too, like driving in the car, road rage. Why did that bug me so much? So you're curious about your fears too. You're not just curious about what makes you happy, but you're really curious about your fears. Why does that scare me? What role do you play in your movie? I love that because we're all in a movie and you can choose to be a brand new you every day. And last, a couple of times ago, we did Dr. Caroline Leaf's Switch on Your Brain. And I love that one. And she tells us about quantum physics and the observer effect. There are infinite possibilities next for me. I can run down the street. I mean, even with you guys sitting here right now, I'm by my free will saying word by word what I'm doing next. I'm standing here. I'm doing what I'm doing. I could easily just go pop and do a handstand. Or I could do a... No, I actually don't even... I can't. I'm too scared. I wonder why I'm scared. of um, But I mean, in other words, every moment by moment, you're making a choice to be the you that you are today. You've chosen to be here today. You chose to get in your car. You try, chose to rearrange plans. Thank Thank you for being here thank you for rearranging your plans it really means a lot but also you chose it and you're choosing to be the person you are the mom you are the wife you are the sister you are all of you are choosing to be who you are and just think that today I've chosen to be this little sliver of myself but I could have easily made say like on a frequency level lower vibrational decisions to be like this person today a little bit less of Marquette or tomorrow or even later by later today I could be a better version of myself that's my choice and that's your choice and you reflect back a better version of everyone that you come into contact with or a worse so you're creating this life that you're in and God's given us that free will to collapse all possibilities into one right now I'm being this self so with that said are you being the victim in your situation? Are you being the victimizer in your situation? Are you being the victor in your situation? Are you being a martyr? Are you being a lover? Are you being a truth seeker? Like there's so many choices that you can make. And it's really important that when you see yourself constantly getting, having reasons to feel like you're being taken advantage of or you're being, um, all these things who are you and what role are you playing is really important because you don't have to play the victim victimizer role anymore as of today right now you have permission to no more to play that no more you don't have to it's your choice if you do and that's okay you have free will but um, you don't have to and 
there's, uh, let me say it this way. There's real fear and there's false fear. Have you heard the acronym, acronym fear? False evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. I love that because sometimes I believe in spiritual warfare and I believe that God, um, that I am a triune being. I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. I'm created in God's image as a triune being, just like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. So with that said, I realize that there's spiritual warfare and there are things that are lies coming at me that are false evidence appearing real. Like, you are stupid, no one's going to like you, everyone will hate your art, everyone will hate your cake balls, someone's going to get sick and puke their guts out, uh, you know, or whatever. I don't know, also, like, monogramming, or uh, one of my friends does pottery, uh, my hair guy, that's totally his creative outlet. He's such a good hair guy. I mean, we all have creative outlets. Who knows what they all are? It's interesting. But there's going to be lies that come at you telling you you can't do it, you're not worthy, you're whatever. That's false evidence appearing real. That's one type of fear. But she also breaks down another type of fear, like the real fear. There are things you need to be scared of. Like, for instance, if a car is coming at you uh, going 40 miles an hour and you're staying in the way, move. That's a great judgment call. You're not judging anybody. It's We have judgments. Like, we are making judgments on, like, primitive things. There's a book. I said I wasn't going to talk about other books, so, but let's just say it because I already said it. This fear, what's it called? The gift fear. fear. The gift of fear. And that's a great book, too. We should do it eventually because I've mentioned it twice now. Anyway, um, so there is actually real fear. I get it. And, um, you know, big, scary dinosaurs coming after you or a dog or whatever. I mean, yes, get out of the way. Those are real things. I'm not saying don't fear ever, but don't fear like the lies. That's, that's all false fear. So just, she does point that out. And I thought it was worthy. She thought it was worth putting it in there. So I want to be, uh, talking about fear you need and fear you don't. <laughs> I know they're so funny. Okay. Create space for curiosity and fear. I love this because it talks about, she talks about, of course, the role you're playing, but also the parts of yourself. So I love, I've done through my journey, uh, a lot of therapy with this or creative, um, I mean, not creative, but counseling and talking, talking it out throughout the years. And it's been interesting because I've learned a lot of the parts work. Like there are lots of parts of me and there are lots of parts of you. Somewhere inside of you, there is a six-year-old Lacey in there somewhere mm -hmm. that maybe she was really happy and wonderful and had a great childhood. And your six-year-old self had a mom that was always um, working and never home and never available or whatever. And we all have that different six-year-old or eight-year-old and 12-year-old and 16-year-old. And I used to be a cheer coach for a time and I loved it. And no one is, I know you've never so, you know, go girls, give me some more. Like who's cheering on the cheerleaders? I know you never guess who would be me, but anyway, <laughs> no one more enthusiastic than the cheer coach. So I had 13 girls, you know, I had 12 cheerleaders and a mascot. It was 12. I was 13, very, and little old me driving that big old bus. And I had all of their issues and all of their parents and all of their boyfriends and some were happy and some were sad and it was minute by minute because sometimes you got asked to the prom and sometimes and one was 14 one was 15 one, you get the point that represented all of me too it represents all of you it's okay that one is in the back crying she just went through a, a breakup and one is so excited because she got homecoming queen or whatever it's there are lots of different parts inside of you, and it's important to say which one of you is upset right now, and give her a hug, because you would never go to that 12-year-old self of you. Like, my counselor helped me one time say, 
okay, gosh, you're being so hard on yourself. Like, what if an eight-year-old really walked in and said uh, how upset she was about some situation with your mom or your dad or something like that? Would you call her stupid like you just said? I'm just so stupid. I should be over this. That's so immature. That oh, And I was just beating myself up. And I was like, oh gosh, no, I would hug her. I would console her. She was like, exactly. So notice that self, that part of you that is scared or notice that part of you that's coming up and ask what part of me is coming up? Is that the 12 year old self? And then go back to the bus. Who's driving that bus? So for me, I would say, okay, the 35 year old self is driving the bus. So yes, she can get in, the 12-year-old, the 14-year-old, the homecoming, like whoever, they can all load and go, but I'm driving the bus. So girls, hop in, but you can trust me, I'll get us there safely. And that's so empowering. Everybody load up. We're going on a journey. We got curiosity, we got fear, we have grace, we have empathy, we have, I mean, we, we have it all. We have so many parts of us. So in other words, go on a journey with both curiosity and fear. She breaks it down into two big jumps and she says, no matter where I go, I go on a road trip with curiosity and fear. So every time curiosity comes up, I know fear will rear its ugly, ugly head. I always listen to fear, but I never give it the wheel. And I just mm. love that. I love it. Who's driving the bus? Um, you're worth it. You're worth it to find your treasures. So Yes, it takes work. Yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes courage, devotion, all of these things. It takes all of those things, but you're worth it. Like the goals inside of you are worth being found out. They're worth being dug out. Like it might be that you're searching for a diamond. And when you search for a diamond, you have to search and dig and dig and dig. I mean, you really have to go through a lot of mud and muck to get there. And it's not easy. So you're worth it. I love that. I love her reminding us that we are worthy of searching out our dreams. So with that, any questions on courage or any thoughts? <laughs> okay, then we'll move to part two, enchantment. Now that we're done talking about fear, we can finally talk about magic. I, I was wondering if anybody was wondering if we would ever talk about magic. <laughs> um, an idea arrives, inspiration. So she talks about how ideas work. Are you open enough to receive the inspiration? Basically, she calls it um, an idea. And I'll get to more the way she breaks it down later. But she says that an idea finds you. It claims you. It's like, hi, Kelly, do you want to go on a date? Do you want to go to the ball with me? You know, like, do you want to go on a date? An idea arrives. It says, hey, and you get this prick and you're like, ooh, I love that. That's a great idea. And um, I have... I, we all have that friend. I know we all do. You might be that friend who's like, that's my idea. I thought of that last year. I thought of that apple juice or I thought of that shirt. I thought of that jacket. Like I love y'all doing your jacket business. I, I thought of that O-ring. I thought of all of those. That's my idea, right? It probably did come to you and it asked and you either ignored it or you shamed it. That's a stupid idea. Well, I mean, golly, the idea is like, Someone else won't think it's stupid. I'm going to do an O-ring then with Jennifer. And she, really? So these ideas come. If you're not re ready or willing, it will go to someone else. Elizabeth might be coming out with a new, whatever, new race car. I mean, I don't know what you design. It's like, it's so amazing because we all get to go through different processes of inspiration. And it comes to us and she says, when it comes, be polite if you're going to say no. No, thank you. I'm so honored that you would 
think of me, think me worthy for that idea. I'm so honored, I'm excited, now's not the right time, about to have a baby, maybe come back in a year, um, or just not interested, whatever. Be polite, just as if someone wonderful asked you on a date or to go to the movie. You wouldn't shame your friend for, oh, like I'd wanna go see that movie. I mean, no thank you, but thank you for asking. Please ask again another time. Not interested in that movie, but maybe, maybe the next. That's a great way to let that idea down. It's polite. What about when you say yes? You would never be asked to go to the Rangers game. Hey, you want to go to the Rangers game? It's there in playoffs. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, yes, I love the Rangers. I'm so excited. I'm in. I'm totally in. And then you don't go get your Rangers gear. Or you get asked to dance and you don't go buy a dress. I mean, who does that? You don't get new shoes or fix your hair. You, you, you know, by 7 o'clock when they're here to pick you up, you're like, I'm not interested anymore. Man. That's hurtful, but also it's disrespectful, I guess those are kind of going the same, but it's disrespectful, but also it gives the wrong idea, like you're not committed, it has non-committal, so that, a non-committal energy, so what, why are you being non-committal, what are you not committing to, and that's in relationships, but also relationships with even your ideas, so it's really important to ask why, always be curious about yourself, don't worry about that guy that's always bugging you that he's non-committal, or you wish he would go on a date with you, or whatever it is, most of us are married now, so most of it's like our kids, right, the kid that, you know, your daughter is like in love with that boy, but he's so non-committal, worry about why you're non-committal, you know what I mean, just stay in your own lane, row your own boat, that's really good advice for all of us, um, she also talks about, okay, so also if you, she's, she also wants you to say, be prepared, yes, and also it's simple but not easy. It kind of goes back to what I was saying about digging for the diamond. It might be simple, but it might not be easy. It might require a lot of work, a lot of investment of time, money, effort. You might have to be really strategic in the way you get this idea done, but you're worth it, and the idea is also worth it. It wants to be born, and it's going to be born by someone. So it's like, is it going to be you? We, by, by, just by being women, we are nurturers. And so we have the choice. Do we want to nurture this and let it be born, bring it to fruition? Or do we want to, you know, kick it to the curb? And that's our choice, but we do need to be, like, how are we going to nurture this idea? Uh, she also talks about, basically, multiple discoveries. Have you ever, especially in science, she breaks down how a lot of times there are multiple discoveries of some certain thing at the same time. I'm not so clear on, uh, I'm not proficient in saying some of these things about how they're, like say a cell or a, a cure to a virus or something, might be discovered here in the United States and then almost within hours or days it's discovered also in China at the same, like how did that happen? And because ideas want to be born, and sometimes they want to be born by one sort of thing, or they want to be out everywhere, like in collective consciousness right away, quickly. How quickly can we get out there? I don't know the way God works. I don't know how ideas come. I just trust the process, and I trust that that's really exciting, that you might be a part of this idea being born on a huge scale, or maybe a, a, an independent scale, and that's okay, but... If you're gonna do it, be proud of the way you're bringing it into the world. She talks about two more things. The way she made a vow to her inspiration is she just always wanted to write, and by the time she was 16, she knew that's all I wanna do forever is just write. I just wanna be a writer. She made a vow. She literally got down on her knees, lit candles, and made a vow, like as if it was 
a wedding vow or something to her writing. Not that it would be successful, not that she would make a lot of money, but that she would be, that she would be committed to writing no matter what. She would write before work, write at lunch, write after work, write in between the kids, write when she's married, write when she's not married, write when she marries her best friend, write when she doesn't. I mean, whatever, but she's gonna keep writing. The outcome didn't matter. So that's good for all of us to know. Release the outcome, release the expectations, release all of that. There's really no pressure on a lot of these things. The inspiration will come and you can definitely pursue your inspiration and you have, you have, the ability because if the inspiration is in you then right there that is a fact i mean that fact alone is evidence that you have the power to bring it to fruition if it's in you then you have what it takes to get it going and bring it to life she also talks about how one of the poets i'm not going to get this exactly right so i know two of you have read the book you might chime in she talks about a poet back in the day that she actually got the opportunity to meet that when she was out in the field, so this really was a long time ago, she was out in the field, she would hear a poem coming to her and it would be like a big herd, do you call it a herd, of horses trampling and just barreling after her and she would run home as fast as she could to try to get to her pen and paper and write it down. Sometimes she would miss it and she would just be heartbroken, like I know that it ran straight through me and sometimes she would write it down and it was effortless. Sometimes she would barely catch it by the tail and she said it was like pulling in a tiger by the tail backwards and the poem wouldn't come out perfectly backwards. And then she'd have to flip it on its side and turn it back. I mean, literally this is how inspiration came to her and she's like, Elizabeth Gilbert, if you listen to any of her podcasts, too, not podcasts, um, TED Talks, those are really good too. And she gives a presentation of that one too and she's like, that's how it comes to all of us, right? And she starts laughing. She's like, that's not how it comes to me. <laughs> it doesn't come like a herd of horses. That is crazy, but good for her. Anyway, um, any questions on enchantment when the idea arrives? Okay. Uh, one thing is, I, uh, I forgot to say this too. There's a Bible verse that I love that I've been trying to memorize, and it's Ephesians 3.20. And it says, glory belongs to God, whose power is at work within us. By this power, he can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. So that goes with what I was saying. If you have the inspiration inside of you, then you automatically have the power to bring it to fruition. You have the power to manifest it. You do. If you'll just believe. And they say the longest distance in a human is from their head to their heart. But when we can connect those, it's the longest 12 inches, right? But when we connect that and have total thinking and wholeness or complete completeness in our thinking, then we can manifest quickly these ideas and we do have the power and it, glory belongs to God whose power is at work within us. So that's Ephesians 3.20. Yes. Okay, so teach us this. Okay. So for me, I was thinking about when there's a big idea and, you know, getting it out and if it's in you, you can make it come to fruition. But sometimes I get a big idea or I think it's a big idea and I'm not sure which part of those little people inside of me, you know, you talk about everybody. Yes. The best, like, is that my pride? Mm. Is that my need for busyness? Is that my pleasing side of me? What, where, which one and teasing out what, where I should be with a, a special idea? And usually I just try to pray. Yes. Sometimes God is pretty nice and sometimes he's... <laughs> On vacation somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like, uh-huh. Anyone home? I think for me, I love that because I've had to 
we all have to flesh out things for sure. And like you said, tease it out. I like that word better. Um, I think that what Dr. Caroline Leaf talked about last time with the switch on your brain was so helpful in her note-taking process and her cleansing out her brain, her 21-day detox, was take the ideas. And what she says is take an idea right here and then let it go wherever it's going to go. Like, tease it out that way. Where does this idea lead me? So the curiosity, but also let it, your note-taking be random. It doesn't have to be in a straight line. It can maybe be on one of those grid dot journals or uh, switch on your brain by Dr. Caroline Leaf. That one, she uses neuroscience to prove the Bible. She uses all scripture and neuroscience to come together. It's amazing. It's so good. I mean, I thought it was really good. She really spoke to me in that way. Um, and she talks a lot about well, anyway, but back to your question, I think just asking for the discernment and asking God, because I know that you know, A-S-K, ask, ask, and the, what is it from Matthew? Ask and then seek and you will find, knock and the door will be answered to you. So A-S-K, ask and the answer will be given, is that it? Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be answered. So remember just to ask, keep asking, because the more you ask, you will find, it's promised to us in scripture. Ask, seek, knock. That's my only answer for that. Just keep asking. Okay, permission. Part three of six. Permission. Um, basically, who gives you permission anyway? <laughs> it's so funny because a lot of times we won't, first of all, we overqualify ourselves because we need permission or we need acceptance or approval but I seek and you can make this decision too I need and seek God's approval alone to feel good about myself right you can make that decision you can write it down and you can say it all the time especially when you find yourself pride or my need for attention that 14 year old self that's like like me like me everybody in school like me or whatever I need and seek God's approval alone to feel good about myself wow that's empowering and that's something that I can memorize and say over and over and over I don't need permission to paint that thing. I mean, it's not even good, but I like it. I think it's fun, but I don't need, I don't need to paint that. I don't need, I don't need, um, Courtney didn't ask me for permission to make this sand thing. She just did it. She thinks she's awesome. Or I don't know if she thinks she's awesome. I shouldn't say it. <laughs> she is awesome. I think she's awesome. And she, but whoever built this table, they didn't ask me. Now, they may have gone to school, they may have a degree in construction and did a great job, this may be their passion, whatever, but the fact is, you don't have to, and she talks a lot about schooling and how we overemphasize some of the school, especially in the creative world with process, um, with, uh, excuse me, universities and art degrees and things like that, she's like, a lot of it, it's a gambling thing. It's totally a gamble. If you're going to go to school and become some successful artist, you need to have a backup plan too, but you have permission. So if you're interested in whatever you're interested in, whatever curiosity thing comes your way, it doesn't matter if you were born into a family that does these things. It doesn't matter if you come, like one of my friends told me that she's like, you must have a really creative family. And we actually do. On both sides, on my Falbo side and my Cinquemani side, we are super creative. My dad's a really great artist. My Cinquemani side, all of them are great artists. I, creativity can come naturally to me, and I feel like I do have permission in that way, kind of, but I never really even thought about it. Um, she did tell me, though, she was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a creative bone in my body, and no one in my family is creative. I, I know that there's no way I have any creativity. And I think that that is a lie from the pit of hell. Like, I think that maybe you're creative about something, but also 
even if you aren't, it's not because of your genes. You can be creative about anything. You can, the permission granted. So if you're looking for a permission slip, permission granted. All of you have permission to do whatever you want. If you want to go, uh, I don't know, crochet or pottery, like I mentioned earlier. Music, I love music. We come from a very musical side too. And it's like, oh my gosh, if you love music or you're interested in it, for some reason, I wanted to play the flute growing up. I don't know why. I mean, my brother played the Did you know Trevor played the flute? No. Trevor at St. Mark's played the flute? <laughs> anyway, and he was really good at it. So I was like, well, I want to play the, the flute. And he also was defensive end uh, captain of the football team. Like, the guy is amazing, but he can really rock the flute and guitar. He's like, so <laughs> he's really great. So I was like, well, I want to play the flute like Trev because I didn't want to play football. And <laughs> he, um, I played the flute. And I didn't really stick with it. I didn't. I wasn't very committal in my seventh and eighth grade years. I just kind of was interested in probably something else, like boys or something. Yeah. <laughs> just being honest. And lately, about two years ago, I don't know why, but I was like, I have to have a flute. Like I couldn't get it off my brain. I was like, Where is this coming from? I gotta get a flute again. I'm like, Mom, do you still have my flute back there? Do you have Trevor's flute? Where is it? She's like, I think Trevor has his flute. I don't know where your flute is. I'm like. You gave my flute away. I was like, what? <laughs> that didn't stop me. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy a flute. So I went to Guitar Center and they're like, it's $224. And I was like, I think you can get them for a lot less than that. I mean, like, I don't even know if I'm really, really wanting to play the flute. I just, for some reason, want another flute. And I was like, okay, let me think about it. Because I, I tell myself that I give myself two week buffer. You can have whatever you want, but you have to wait two weeks. No impulse buying. Yeah, and so also I've make, made myself put stuff in my Amazon cart rather than buy it now. I've given myself a huge raise because I'm like, at the end of the week, you can buy whatever's in your cart or you can save for later or delete. But man, all those impulse buy it nows. Oh, oh anyway. So those are, that's like a creative budgeting plan. Anyway, so I finally, I found on Amazon a brand new flute. Flute, it was like $62. And so it came prime, you know, that night or something. And I was like, ooh, I did the F scale. And then I haven't touched it since then. So in other words, <laughs> I might pull it back out. But my point is now I have it. And I keep thinking, like, I need to actually take some lessons on YouTube or go sign up at, um, wherever the at guitar center or something and go try some lessons because you know music but whatever it is even if it's something weird <laughs> there's no no problem if you don't stick with it there's no problem if you don't if you aren't good she talks about an ice skater friend who is an ice skater from back in the day and we have on our Cinque side we have a a cousin a niece Faith who was really good at gymnastics really good like could be Olympic level. And so they gave her the option, are you ready? You're either gonna go big or go home. And they decided, we don't really want a homeschooler. We don't want her doing 10 hours a day of gymnastics or whatever. And so they decided to keep her in regular school and do gymnastics on the side of whatever. But this girl too, in, in the book, she talks about her ice skating friend who, it was sort of at that level. Are you gonna go big or go home? And she went home, so she quit, totally. She's like, if I can't go big, she kind of just quit. That doesn't have to be the case either. Even if you're not gonna go big or ever make money with it or ever be discovered or ever go to the Olympics, if you like ice skating, if you like gymnastics, if you like yoga, go do it and have fun. You have permission to try and dabble and be really good at something or be really crappy at something. No one even has to know that, I mean, I told you that I have the flute, but nobody even knows I have a flute. I mean, it's in my office. Nobody even, I'm not posting it, I'm not. There's no pressure. So I love that because she takes it all off. She says, permission granted. 
And she also says, make sure that you're saying I am statements that are, rather, watch your I am statements, basically. And when we did Dr. Caroline Leaf's book, it was all about I am statements rooted in Christ. So I will send you those later because they're really great. And I also did a recording of them. I did a couple. But I'll tell you about that later. But anyway, um, the I am statements, basically, she talks about I am a teacher. I am an artist. I am a cook. She's not saying I am the best cook ever. I am the best chef or I am whatever. Just make sure that you're not saying I am so stupid. I am an idiot. I can't believe I even thought of that. I am... All of these things, like, you know, we need to watch our I am statements. So I am whatever you are. Just make sure you're saying things that are saying what you are. So she says you defend yourself with the way you define yourself. And I love that because you define yourself. How are you defining yourself? That you're a stupid idiot. You know, it's like, wow, a lot of that comes from our, we need a paradigm, a paradigm shift. We need to just shatter all of those paradigms that we aren't worth it or that we don't have what it takes or that we'll never be good enough we'll never be right whatever it is shatter that crap because you know what it's time to live why not live if somewhere along the way either a parent or somewhere in our society those first seven years i think in the bible it represents completion and perfection and completion in the Bible, right? Seven, perfect number. Those first seven years, if you go to a lot of these monks, they'll say, give me a child and I'll tell you he's a man by the time he's seven. Like in other words, all of the formative stuff is those first seven years. And we don't even realize a lot of it is we're in a type of, uh, there's alpha, gamma, delta, all these brain waves, right? And some of it is almost like hypnotic. I mean, you're not even realizing the stuff you're observing, the stuff you're hearing. Some of those things are up, subconscious and unconscious that we're that are going so that's why a lot of this sub subconscious and unconscious reprogramming is so in right now eft emotional freedom technique um a lot of everything bruce lipton everything caroline leaf everything dr george uh burris i was just calling george <laughs> if anyone wants to go to george he's tuesdays at 10 thursdays at 10 anyway and um but he dr burris does a lot of that stuff too so it's really fun because a lot of the things that we have that we don't even realize why we're scared of that or we're scared we're going to piss off our mom or we're scared we're going to let our dad down. A lot of that is like from age four when you let your dad down and you're like crying and you made a decision in a state of heightened emotion that you never want to let your dad down. You'll never try that again or, or whatever. So anyway, she does talk about that a lot. Make sure your motives are... Um, your motives are coming from a good place. Motivation is huge. Why are you doing the thing you're doing? Is it to save the world? She's like, please don't try to save me. Stay in your own lane. Don't, this art doesn't have to save you. In fact, she's like, get off of the pressure cooker. There's no pressure in almost anything creative at all. You're not a doctor. She names all these. You're not a doctor. You're not a neuroscientist. You're not a fireman. You're not anything that's actually saving lives or someone might not like make it tonight if you don't do your job. So what? Somebody doesn't like their jacket? No biggie. Throw it out. Like uh, no biggie or someone else will. There's another 14 year old or 25 year old that loves that one. Or maybe the 25 year old didn't like it. So the 35 year old, like maybe it's, it doesn't have to be such a big deal. And like she said about this book, she's like, this book, wasn't for saving somebody or saving humanity. It wasn't about that. It was just because I was trying to figure out, I was taking notes and I was trying to figure out my own creative journey and maybe someone would want to read it. 
number one New York Times bestseller. Yeah, a lot of people have wanted to read her journey. It's awesome. It's great that she went to such extent, but she didn't do it for that motivation. She wasn't motivated by that or trying to save someone. So just make sure that you're not trying to save someone. Often that means you need to be safe. <laughs> you need to save yourself. You need to stay in your own lane. You need to really focus on yourself. What, what part of me is needing that? You know, show us your jacket. See, in my so own life, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Okay, oh my gosh, that is crazy. Okay, I love that you said that. Okay, that's one of my favorite sayings, and it's so true. I think I'll buy that jacket off your back. <laughs> so, or I need to put it in order now. Um, that's awesome. So, uh, does not have to be important, doesn't have to save lives. Original versus authentic, so make sure things... Um, are coming from your authentic, authentic, uh, excuse me, authenticity. Yes, thank you, Aunt Marilyn. I'm like, well, authenticity, and you're being from your authentic self. Don't worry. Often the things you're practicing are not original. I didn't make up the cake ball. I didn't make up uh, any of the creative stuff. I didn't make up a flute. Like, I didn't make, I mean, she's like, a lot of the things we're doing, these ideas that come to you, have already be, been done, but they haven't been done by you. And that's the exciting thing, is that go ahead, make, make some waves in that industry, or make some waves in that uh, genre, or whatever. And often, with you practicing, and practicing, say, cartoon drawing, or whatever, you'll get really good at making Minnie Mouse, and then you'll start making your own, say, thing, or jackets. Like, y'all didn't create jackets, but who knew you'd come up with such cool jackets the way y'all are doing? Like, it becomes original in a way, but it's a journey. So don't worry about like, well, I can't copy her. I can't copy this. But how many greats have been, have come into their own by practicing Beethoven or, you know, Monet or whatever. So it's, it's really amazing. She does want you to remember that. Don't, um, one of my favorite quotes is don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Mm -hmm. So don't ask, like, that's a good motivation question. Why am I doing this? Is it because the world needs it? The world needs me to do this? <laughs> Be a makeup artist for all the brides. Can you like, say that again? Sure. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Then she talks about, she did mention, like I, I said to you about, um, NYU and the big schools and stuff like that. She talks about education versus experience, that that's a lot more important. A lot of people, like, look at all the... Uh, for instance, like I'm in the fitness world and in the fine, I'm in the. <laughs> She's gonna rip it off. Just do it right now. Just do it. She's no, like very slowly trying to <laughs> quietly <laughs> velcro by velcro. Oh. <laughs> okay, feel better now. I can breathe. What happened? Breathing deeply. I'm missing all that. Watch. You broke her. She's healing. She's healing. I think I laughed too. Yes, no, her, her rib is healing. Face. That's what we're gonna say. What happened? My rib is healing. Laughed so much. Pulled away from my skin. No, no, don't worry. From laughing, really? No, no I, we don't know. <laughs> okay. Marquette's yoga class on Monday, maybe. I pushed her real hard. I know. She said she pulled a rib. She's like, more. I need more from you. Twist harder. Twist harder. We gotta break our rib. Oh my gosh. No, it's fine. Okay, so. 
Education versus experience. Yeah. Education versus experience. So that's um, obviously a big deal. But then <clears throat> confidence versus entitlement. So she does talk about an entitlement. Like you are entitled to the dreams and the goals that are within you. You are entitled to that. You're entitled to your opinions. You're entitled to your dreams and your goals and your success, all of that stuff. Not in the entitlement. She does defend it a little bit. She's like, not in the way that entitlement sort of has a bad rep right. these days. Like, that's such an entitled child or that's, don't have an entitled mindset or entitlement sort of can have a negative connotation. She doesn't mean it that way. Everyone's she just means entitled. that yeah. you're entitled to your own dreams and you should not let anyone tell you that you're not worth it, you're not good enough, or you haven't been trained. Um, definitely people have asked me, like, well, did you go to school for that? I'm like, no, I mean, I took some classes on YouTube and also yeah. some classes on, I bought some classes online, but even that I stopped saying because that's defending myself and I don't need, they don't, I don't owe them an explanation, but who cares that I didn't go to culinary school? I can still make cake balls. Like, you know, so don't let anybody, a lot of times people are being genuinely casually curious and they're being they're just asking sometimes they're being jealous so don't worry don't even try to start analyzing them remember stay in your own lane and remember that anyone's opinion about you is none of your business mm -hmm. people's opinions about you are none of your business mm -hmm. you just stay in your own lane remember that you need and seek god's approval alone to feel good about yourself and that's it period the end period the end complaining uh she talks about complaining i love this She's like, gives four reasons under her part of complaining. First of all, don't do it. Why? She gives four reasons why not to complain. First of which, it's annoying. And I love that. Let's just face it. It's annoying. Nobody likes a complainer. Well, nobody likes complaining. People, we judge the behavior, not the person, right? So nobody likes complaining. <laughs> we love you, but we don't like your complaining. It's annoying. Number two, of course it's difficult. No one wants to hear it was so hard to get this um, book written. I wrote for three years. I had to wake up morning, every morning. I had to, to become this ice skater. I had to practice. I had to meet with a coach three times a week. I had to become this awesome, I, I had to pay. I had to save up my money and budget. No one, first of all, why are you saying all of that? No, just stop right there and thank you would be a great answer. You're a great ice skater, thank you. That's it. Like, it's a full sentence. It doesn't have to be, thank you, I worked so hard and tirelessly, and my kid and my, uh, no. Of course it's difficult. Number three, no one listens. Usually right when someone starts <laughs> complaining, have you ever noticed that you check out immediately? You're like, okay, I have to pick up this at this grocery store, and I need to pick up my dog needs to eat, and then uh, you're already on your own list of like things you need to do. You've totally canceled them out. You don't want to be canceled out in your front. You want to make sure that what you say is impactful and it has purpose. You want to make sure that you speak less and say more, right? We all want to be that person. So if you're just like constantly, people have checked you out. So take a deep breath, be quiet, Talk less, say more. No, just yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I know. stop, mom. You've already said that. Yeah, 
I had to learn that too. Once you've said it, once you've said it enough. My counselor told me that, and I was like, uh, but she, uh, three times is no. Once you've said it, once you've said it enough. I'm like, but what if I? She's like, but stop. I'm like, okay. And that's been very helpful in my marriage, y'all, because nobody likes a nagging wife or a complaining wife or a reminding wife. A helpful wife. I'm just so helpful. No, you're nagging. No, you're complaining. No, no, no. You're over. I've said it once. He listened. Or he, you know what I mean? And if not, the world will not, it, it's going to keep turning. If he misses an appointment or misses something, that's good because that will help him do better next time. It'll help have him take me more seriously or that will, I mean, whatever. But once you, you manage you, you don't have to manage him or her or the kids or whatever. Okay, number four, scaring away inspiration. I love that because when inspiration comes and it's like flitters onto your shoulders, I love you, would you like to go to the prom with me? I want to start this new bracelet company. And you're like, oh, I don't have time. My life is so hard. My mom is a bitch. My son is and I See, Teddy, Teddy barks all the time. How could I possibly do a podcast when Teddy barks all the time? How am I possibly going to do this? All of a sudden, inspiration is like, Lacey, would you like to go? I mean, it's gone. It was totally, she, he, she's still over here, blah, 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 complaining, to saying why inspiration would never, I mean, so inspiration is already on five people down. She, it's at Maryland by now. Like, nah. <laughs> Not her. She's too busy complaining. She won't even have time to see me, hear me, or even necessarily, I mean, or not to mention, follow through. Any questions on part three, permission? Okay, then permission granted. Go out and... Part four, thank you. Part four, persistence. Make a commitment to your uh, creativity and inspiration, then go learn all that you can. Experiment after experiment. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier about cooking. Like, I had to really try a lot with those cake balls. You all have those, I, I'm guessing, I don't know, because y'all are really creative, but I'm guessing that first jacket wasn't as awesome as that jacket. <laughs> They've gotten better over the time, <laughs> right? <laughs> but even they're still experiment to experiment, even if none of them are really say your best or what you say is great. That's good because it, it motivates you to keep going because you're like, I could do better, I could do better. So it's experiment to experiment. I still call all of my cake balls experiments, all of them, because every now and then I get a batch that I have to throw away. I, I don't know why. It's just another experiment, no biggie, no one died, no one even knew I was making cake balls. <laughs> In the garbage, no biggie. So experiment by experiment, Persistence, keep going, go learn all that you can. Doesn't matter when, it's never too late. She talks about her 90 year old friend who she met at her 90th birthday. So now she must be much older than 90. Uh, she met her and in her late 80s, so in the last three years, four years of that, before that she met, she started being very interested in the Mayan ruins. Where did that come from? She was just so interested. She Curiosity, experiment, curiosity, experiment. She went, she followed her curiosity and went experiment to experiment. She is a well-known, like, top authority. authority in the Mayan ruins. She goes and gives all these speeches. She goes to all these museums. Y'all, she's in her late 80s. It's never too late for you. So if you think, like, oh, I should have done that when I was 20, then do it now, right? The, the, what do they say? The best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago, so start today or something like that. I don't know. But in other words, if you should have done it then, do it now because you don't want to wake up when you're 90 and should all over yourself. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Learn your creative cycles. It helps you learn your flow. Like you're in the flow and you notice you're, you're really grooving and you're jiving. You feel awesome. The sun is out. Life is good. You're feeling like your heart is just, you feel so enthusiastic about this idea. And then you kind of like at that part in the game, you kind of get scared or congested or clunkety or whatever your words are. She does talk about that. You'll start to learn your patterns because sometimes it's like, oh, this is where I need to dig deep. This is where I need to push myself. I think about it in a fitness way. A lot of you come to my classes, a lot of you I've done a lot of personal training with, you're asking me to make you stronger. So I usually give you something hard to do. And so sometimes when you get to number 15 or 16, that's where it's the most important that you stay committed. 17, 18, 19, 20 reps. Stay committed, can you make five more? It's like, but I've already done 20, let's do five more because I'm really wanting you to get a little bit stronger. Sometimes it's like, I'll have to tell myself, I'm like, I asked God to make me better, right? And now I'm having to go through 30 burpees or whatever of life, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I hate these burpees. Yeah, of course, he didn't say it's gonna be easy. It might be really hard. He might give you a really hard push-up set or whatever, but the point is, that's usually you're getting to know your own flow and your own cycles of when you need extra motivation, you need to take a break. She also talks about uh, don't, basically, mm, how do you manage your ups and downs? Because we all have, what she calls it is a shit sandwich. I don't really love that, but then I, I, I say my own, yeah. like, <laughs> I knew somebody would. So she's like, like it or not, we all have to eat a shit sandwich. Like basically, take yeah, take a bite because what's your favorite flavor of shit sandwich? Don't be like, I don't have to do that or whatever. No, no, we all do. We all have ups and we all have downs. My ups look different than Lacey's ups. My downs look different than Kelly's downs. Hopefully, you're trending upward. Your highs get higher and your lows get higher. That's great, fine, but we're, because you're learning and you're growing in this life, hopefully you're learning and you're growing, so when you're lows, they don't take you down like they used to in your 20s or whatever. But she's like, manage your highs and your lows. Like, there's gonna be a middle, you know, and it's gonna be in and out of, like, there's bread and then, anyway. <laughs> Yucky. Okay, don't quit your day job and demand your creativity to pay rent. I love that. She's like, no, no, keep your job. She's like, I didn't even quit my job till years after, once, not Big Magic, but what's the other one? Eat, Eat Pray, Pray Love. Yeah. Once Eat Pray Love was like three years on the, on the three New York Times. Yeah. She, she decided she could quit, she quit her, her job. Day job. So in other words, don't demand that of it. I know I caught myself, um, you know, I, I was selling my stuff at a little uh, cafe and also some coffee shops here. I was doing my espresso walnuts and my, you remember oh, that? Well, I was selling them at, oh, there's some here if y'all want some. I love I'll put them here. They're, they're so good. They're so, so These are also just some chocolate ones oh, that I got from the store. But sucks. Yeah, they're, um, anyway, Except those, I used yes, to sell over at Laguna so Coffee and some other places. Anyway, so. Oh my God. Well, they took like years of perfecting of practice, practice, throwing a lot away. But the point to say that is I started demanding of them to make me money, right? And I was like, it took all the fun out of it, but also it took a lot of, it squeezed a little bit of my creativity out and it made it a little bit. That now, is so different from anything I've ever eaten. Oh, so you like that? It's the perfect amount of, I kept telling Reese just about I like it's not too sweet. It's not too sweet. It is, you have to find something that you can espresso for. I can do an espresso. I don't know. That is so good. Oh, thank oh you. God. 
thank you, but it's been fun yeah, doing those, but now I just do them for totally for fun. Like there's no pressure. They have no, I don't have to package them anymore. I have to, I'm not saying you can't turn your creativity into a job for sure. I mean, but my point is don't quit your day. Her point is don't quit your day job. Don't let your dream become a nightmare. <laughs> and I love that I like because that, that would be um, a little bit of what I was doing. I was sort of pushing and pushing and pushing it and it became so overwhelming. I mean, James was like, babe, like we have, I mean, there's cookies everywhere and they're flour. And I was doing a, a mm -hmm. weekly dessert for this cafe and I was doing their espresso walnuts and I was, it was just becoming. How many things do you do? I know, it is really unbelievable. Well, that was back in the day. I don't do that anymore. Now I just do it for fun only. That's why I'm so thankful you are here so I can make some espresso oh, walnuts. But Maple wal uh, walnuts, painting, and all her healthy stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there are anything else that we're missing. The blue. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blue. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, Blink 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 <laughs> Use all of your resources and celebrate yourself. So paint your ox. She talks about someone who that's the, literally the only thing they had was an ox and they painted his horns and they made it like he was the one that paraded around his town with an ox and that's the only thing he owned. So whatever you have, whatever your resources, one of my, and you'll get it, I'm going to send you your um, affirmations and there are four, there are some short ones and then there's one that's more of a meditation and one of it has decisions and it says, um, I celebrate myself and I'm fully empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. So just remember like to celebrate, but also it says, I have every resource to make decisions that please God and live the abundant life. I have been blessed with these resources. So you have decisions. I mean, you have been blessed with lots of resources, even if they're, I mean, they're all types of resources at your discretion. So use your, be a good steward of the resources you've been given. Even if it's just an ox, at least paint its horns. <laughs> Fall in love with your creativity, sneak away, and be romantic with it. Make it a priority, just like you would with anything else. Like if somebody, your best friend was coming into town, you would make fun, you would make time to come see her, to have her over, you would make time for that. Or um, something like a book, you know when you're reading that book that you cannot stop reading? Maybe you're at a book review for that. I'm doing the reading, you're doing the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Jennifer's like, well, but there's that something or that, I don't know, but you know, you just make time for it. There's that something that you're just so excited for about. And she talks about that, just falling in love with your creativity. Uh, what you produce is not always sacred, but the time you spend working on the project, what that time does to expand your imagination, what that does to transform your life, that is sacred. The more lightly you pass the time, the brighter your existence. I love that, right? Mm -hmm. The more lightly you, and so she also talks about too, if you get into a funk, sometimes, uh, I don't know, as a famous artist, who was it that would uh, sometimes leave one thing? Oh, it was Einstein, I think. He said it was, might have it here, combination, combinatory play. So Einstein's method of opening one channel by uh, creative in another one. So like if you couldn't figure out the math problem, go play the flute or go. He played the um, violin when he got stuck on his mathematics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 